Um, I'll start out by acknowledging that just about everybody in this room and certainly everybody else on this stage knows more about this community, the pluses and the minuses, than I do. Um, but I'm hoping to bring a little bit of an outsider's look to tonight and let you guys provide some of the really probing questions in the second half about what is happening in a community you obviously all care deeply about or you wouldn't be here tonight. So I'm going to start by introducing you to people you already know. Well, what the heck? <laughs> mayor Tito Brown, who was elected, let me see, the 51st mayor of Youngstown. Uh, he had just a few roles before that, I think was probably pretty well known in this community, everything from the school board to city council, uh, somebody who has lived this city his whole life. Yes, All right. And then we have Mayor Franklin, who is the 35th mayor of Warren, also uh, never left, never left. Uh, UAW rep at one point and council president and public service and safety director. Uh, next to him we have Michael Keyes and Mr. Keyes has been the community development director of Warren since 2003 and has served in a variety of economic development and other community, other community activities. And then we have, and I've been working real hard on this pronunciation, <laughs> Dominic Marchianda. All right. And he has been the economic development liaison for the city of Youngstown beginning in 2014 and has, again, a very long history with this, with this community, with the Valley, which I am learning increasingly has a single identity even when it has some split personalities within that single identity. That's it, yeah. Okay, um, gentlemen, I'd like to dive right in, and as much as possible, let's make this a conversation. I want you to interact with each other as well as our audience. Good. So okay. kind of forget I'm here. If I ask the right first question, that'll be easy. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, I've heard the Valley described as a set of communities that are kind of collaborative competitors and competitive collaborators, um, and that is a lot of strength when it works well. How do you make it work well, and how do you address it when it stumbles a little bit? I'll let, I'll, I'll let my, my, my senior mayor go first. <laughs> Thank, thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, and I, I appreciate the question, because the reality is, uh, when, you're, when, you're, when you speak about economic development, um, investors and companies and businesses who are looking to relocate at a place, they really don't recognize political jurisdictions. Uh, they look at regions. Mm -hmm. So we have to have a collaborative approach and a collaborative strategy, uh, that one that includes sustainability and, and uh, one that really meets the needs of the business owners and, and, and the investors. So we have to look at things from a regional approach in order to uh, do our best in attracting jobs. Yeah. That's why, you know, joint economic development districts, uh, our partnerships throughout, you know, we have a team approach uh, with, with economic development and includes many players, many, many organizations who are in this audience. And that's very critical. When you have those hard stumbling points, I think you just have to regroup and, and get back to the table and understand that uh, it's all about the people you serve. It's not about personal egos. And we've done a pretty good job at that. Yeah, I, I think it's, it goes with, if you ever knew that family, uh, the Mahoney Valley is a family, Correct. And, and it's always, well, you know, if you're in the family, you can be a part of this conversation, you can be a part of, you know, the partnerships that are going on, and you talk about, you know, being competitive outside. You know, once we get, you know, if we bring dollars into the valley, then we decide how we like to, you know, split it up, but if you're not in the family, please stay away, because we're competitive in the Mahoney Valley, and um, 
the mayor, Mayor Franklin, and I, have, last two weeks, we've been probably three cities, yeah. you know, together. Uh, because we understand how, how it's going to be important for people to see uh, the connection, the alliance of Youngstown and Warren uh, when they're divvying up those dollars. So uh, we want them to see a united front. Now, when we get back home, we'll take that you know, purse and divide it up and make sure that it, it's equitable for both, uh, both communities. Correct. It, is there a place for it to go beyond the valley? Is there some strength that you could get from going beyond, or do you lose identity at a certain point? Uh, we'll never lose our identity. Uh, it's, it's just that strong. Yeah. Um, but I think you, you look beyond the valley to, to, to look for different partnerships. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, it was interesting when Mayor Brown spoke about uh, us being together. And I feel like we've been like roommates <laughs> for the last uh, two weeks. Yeah. Um, we flew into D.C. with a chamber-sponsored event. And we were really doing partnership building uh, in Washington, D.C., and trust building as well. But what was important was that we were there speaking with one voice as a valley on two major projects. So we want to continue uh, that, that kind of initiative, those kinds of strategies. Uh, recently, we were successful in, in uh, getting a multinational partner uh, in eBay, uh, which is going to allow our retail community to, to access the global marketplace through the, through the digital economy. So those partnerships are critical, and that will help all of our retail businesses. So we're very proud of that. Um, but, but we are all one, and we'll always be one, because yeah. we have the same past. Yeah. And, and just to, to be piggyback, because one of the projects that when the mayors were down in D.C. they were talking about was the Ravenna. Ravenna. Yes. Um, even though that may not be considered by a lot of people as part of the Valley, right. to get uh, you know, uh, that project in the, uh, out at Ravenna would be very important to our Valley. Correct. So, yeah, that partnerships do exist outside of the Valley and are important. And that project, for people who don't know what it is, can you I talk will. about that? Go ahead. Mayor? No, you go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's the missile, uh, the missile defense uh, project. Excuse me, I'm coming apart here, for like oh, a jet. Uh, but but it, it has the potential to bring thousands of jobs to the Ravenna arsenal. I think we made a great case for ourselves. Oh, I, I think so too. Yeah, the missile defense was. You know, we we've talked about. We've looked at all the years that we've had the, this this United States of America and a military system. We've, on, we've looked at the West Coast, and we don't have one on the East Coast. Uh, so the thought was there's several places that would like to have it. A couple communities said they don't want it. Uh, we believe that even though it's not you know, located in, in Mahoney County or Trumbull County, I think it's Portage County yes. that actually has it. Yes. Uh, at the end of the day, it'll, it'll be that um, economic drive and a catalyst uh, for many of the, the communities right in that area. And it, it's commutable. Uh, we'll, we'll see the educational issues with the, with the college research. Uh, so it is, it's going to be a big piece for us, uh, and that was kind of that, that team-building opportunity that we had, that bipartisan, um, believe me, the, the trip that we took, um, there was, we, we didn't talk, we didn't talk, you know, what the, you know, where we were, what, you know, what party we were lined up with, we didn't talk, you know, race, gender, we talked valley, and I think that, that's, was, that sent a message to those in, in D.C. when we were there. And, and if I could add, I think you'll all be happy to hear, if I guess I'm at liberty, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, they've narrowed that choice down to three communities, mm -hmm. uh, and we're, we're in the final three. Mm -hmm. So we're very proud of that. Mr. Marchiando, um, kind of new to the economic development game, at least the title anyway. When you are pitching the Valley, what's the first thing that 
gets it, that gets the valley that you can express? Uh, the first thing that gets the valley, I think, and it's echoed in the, both of our mayor's sentiments is the resiliency. Um, our, our community, our region, uh, you know, with the competitiveness that we have, you know, people identify Youngstown and Warren, but we're talking about the Mahoning Valley together in a unified front. Um, I think it's, again, the biggest resilience. So we know the hand we've been dealt. Um, a lot of the decisions that we, you know, to help us compete, unfortunately, on uh, in, in innovation and workforce development and jobs, um, again, unfortunately, were made, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. So to have uh, mayors from two different cities, one valley, up here tonight uh, talking about going down to D.C. and getting in front of our legislators and making sure we're getting our fair share here, I think that exemplifies our resiliency. And, and quite honestly, when we talk about economic development and, and being that I'm definitely the newest uh, of, of everybody in this room probably to the conversation, and as, as our introduction by uh, a, call, a great colleague of mine, Sarah Doherty, talking about defining economic development, it's, I think the, one of the mayors said, uh, egos. A lot of communities that I think are struggling, and I, I'm, I'm stealing this from a former city club uh, conversation <laughs> in Cleveland, um, so I don't know who I'm quoting, but I, this is definitely borrowed. Uh, there's, eco, there's ecosystems that we talk about in yeah. economic development, making sure we're having these collaborative conversations, um, and there's also ecosystems that yeah. typically get in the way. So I have a family, I have three little brothers, a big Italian family, and we're a family, but we're competitive, and it's just the nature of the industry. You're fighting for jobs, and you're trying to be objective and equitable how you're investing your, your constituents' tax dollars. So when you're trying to RFP Youngstown or Warren and get these businesses to locate here, um, it's, easily, it's, it's so easy to let comp competition yes. get in the way of collaboration. So again, even though I've only been here six years. Can, um, I, can I stop him for a minute? This is the most important thing that we can do in this valley is get younger people involved. That's it. This is our future right here. And you talk about Sarah being up here, and I can look at the TNP table, and I see Sean, and I see Megan. Hunter, you're not part of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but, but without the young people coming in and the ideas, when we're looking at what's going on in downtown Warren right yes. now, and revival of downtown Warren, it's a bit because of the old people sitting up here have had these ideas. It's been young part. people. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. <laughs> oh. A little too far. A little too far. <laughs> you were I good at the edge. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but, but it's the young people. It's the energy of the young people. It's the new ideas of the young people. And that's what's going to drive where we go from here. So everybody in this room is part of that. And we need to, we need to develop the, the young people like Dom and like the other people I mentioned so that we know that we are leaving this valley in very, very good hands and it's going to grow. Understand that they didn't, they didn't experience what our fathers and, and we experienced. They didn't understand the, what happened in the 1970s when the steel mills left. They're coming in with ideas like we're, we're, we're not sorry about what happened. We're not sad about what happened. We only know what we're, where we can go from here. So I'm sorry, Dom. You're not new. You're an important part of this. And, yeah. and I, I, think, I think that's a good point. We talk about, you know, when you talk about the millennials. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, right. I'm a father of a 28-year-old. And um, when my son Aaron, when we talk about issues or subjects, his view and my view are, 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 are very different. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we get, at, at the end of the day, how do, how do we get something done? You know, he he looks at it totally different, and, and my wife, wife knows. I, I talk about our neighbor Stevie. Stevie sells clothes online. 
you know, he, he's, he's not getting up. He's not going to a, a brick and mortar. He's, he's worried about his new website. He's worried about his new brand. He just, he just yesterday, he brought up new T-shirts with his new, new logo on it. While I'm out there scraping my car in the middle of the snow, you know, Stevie's in his pajamas in his bed because millennials, they, they have a different concept of where we go to work. You can work from anywhere. Um, and as mayor, I need to make sure I connect with those individuals because I need that thought in, in City Hall. I need to figure yes. out, you know, if my old, the old business model that we have in City Hall is, is not working for them, but I want it to be attractive to them so they can, they can see that. There's an opportunity and a place for them uh, for the future. So when I'm done and sit down and, and start watching the game, and there is a time where, when I'm in season. I'm going to okay. do this while I'm in season. And I'm, <laughs> once I'm out of season, I'm going to sit I, down and watch the game. Yeah. But, but let me ask you something. I've heard it described as both the charm and the curse of legacy cities is that for years they operated with businesses that were headquartered here and took ownership of their city and cared deeply about their, their city or their community. Uh, and then when those disappeared... We talk about the 70s. But at the same time, that sense of ownership left a lot of people feeling left out, feeling excluded. How do you integrate? How do you bring together the old and the new? I think that's, the, that's, our, that's our challenge, particularly as elected officials. Um, I, I embrace the change. I embrace ideas from younger people um, and, and I, with, with an understanding that there's value in that past. So, so, you know, and I try to educate on that value and where that mindset comes from but we have to we have a lot of historians we need visionaries and the best visionaries I know are coming from the thoughts of these young these young kids who are just dynamic so we're, we're really trying to change a mindset change an attitude and create an ecosystem of entrepreneurs uh, amongst our young people and they're there they're ready we have to make sure that we as policymakers mm-hmm align the business community, especially in government, align the business community with those great ideas coming from these young people. And I think we'll be on track. I, I just, I'm, I'm always energized when I'm around uh, those new ideas that they present. And you see what's, you know, mayors aren't above plagiarism. I always say that. <laughs> so when I see what's going on in other cities, that's why it's so important that we do this traveling and, and see what's going on. Uh, we copy those best practices. Sure. Just, just this afternoon, I was, I was talking to the young, young Marciano, and I, he was, you know, we're talking about the, what the, how, how the city looks. And he, he, we had start, I talked, I mentioned one, one topic, and he said, oh, yeah, Mayor, we, we've already looked at that, and, and if you want to continue going on, here's what I suggest. Right. So he, he had it in his mind already, but you have to ask. And once you get them involved and engaged, they're, they're, they, it's endless for what, how they can help you drive uh, a city or a community with their, with their ideas that they're holding on. They just want to make sure that they're making a difference in the yeah. place they call home and the place they live. And, and, and I think when you look out, you can see the generations even in this audience, some of the, you know, I don't want to say old-timers, I'll get hurt. Uh, but, you know, like <laughs> Bob Falcon's out there, Marty's out there. These are people that, that really well, helped shape Warren 30, 40 years ago and are still involved, but you also see the young people. So the, the strength of our valley is this room. Uh, everybody in the room, the generations in this room all working together towards a common goal. Let me ask you, take it a step further. Um, The immigration story that is playing out internationally now, uh, Youngstown or the Valley has played two storylines that have been key to this. One was the deportation of a longtime businessman who lived and loved the city for years. The other is the prison in Youngstown, which is becoming increasingly a holding area for people who have been caught up in the immigration sweeps. Where do you see international migration playing in a place that's away from the borders, but not away from the situation? Well, 
I can speak about Al because that he, he it's, it's hit home for me. Um, I was on city council when he took a risk, you know, for downtown Youngstown for that revitalization to happen that we're enjoying, that we talk about um, that's happening there. He took that calculated risk. Um, and for his situation, his story, and there's so many more stories that are out there um, like his, but his heart and his passion for the, was for this community as a, a longtime business owner and a business family man, you know, in this community, uh, it, it, was, it was hard to watch the politics play over what was practically, it looked like, should not have happened anywhere in this United States of America where, where I, I call home and I love. Uh, the immigration piece that you're talking about, this Youngstown and, and the Mahoney Valley, um, we've been a community of immigrants. If you ask, the, you, you go to each table, there's an immigration story at each one of these tables that are here, um, and people just want to come where they're welcome. Um, where they're o- open arms. Um, and I talked to the warden just the other day um, about the, the uh, detainees that are, that are there. And the whole business of private prisons, it, that's probably another topic we can have a conversation with on, at another time. That's, a, that's, a, that's becoming a business, and it, it's unfortunate because there's some, you know, as it, I've talked to a professor earlier, there's some guarantees about occupancy rates that's going to happen. You know, no matter what they're doing, there's going to be some occupancy rate. And I'm like, well, if you're saying, I guarantee you 80% of occupancy, where are you going to make, how do you make sure that happens? Well, you got to make sure we, you start g- grabbing individuals like Al who are not breaking a law, who are contributing to this community to make sure they, they're, they're part of that process, which is unfortunate in the United States of America, the place that we call home. Gentlemen? I'll, I'll just add to that, and, and, and that was spoken. Uh, I, I agree with every, everything Mayor Brown said. Uh, the, the simple fact is we're a nation of immigrants, um, and, and I think it's time that this nation has to speak with one voice against, against what's happening and speak loud and clear uh, that it goes against all the traditions and values of, of our country, what's happening uh, on the immigration level. And yet the Valley heard very strongly Donald Trump's message in 2016. It's not a new issue. Mm-hmm. He raised it repeatedly in his campaign. What is it that's resonating with your community? I, I think that the first thing is that we, we've got this perception of what an immigrant is in our mind and, and our current president forgive me any Republicans out there, is playing on that for, for the politics. But understand, immigrants come in all kinds of shapes and, and ideas. And what we were talking about, the young people coming in and, and, and helping. So we need that same point of view from the immigrants coming in. They also bring a new perspective. Yeah. And remember, these aren't people coming in just to take minimum wage jobs. We've got some talent out there. Mm-hmm. We've got some immigrants coming in to have an education. They have ideas. They see opportunities. And those opportunities can only, uh, you know, what the old... You know, rising tide lifts all boats. So when they come in and see opportunities, and sometimes they outwork us. Uh, so we can learn as much from them. So when we think of immigrants, we're not thinking of these people, drug dealers that are crossing the border. We're thinking of people that can actually contribute to our society. And, and as uh, the mayor said, I don't think there's, uh, you can go to any table and not hear an immigration story sure. from anybody's parents or grandparents. Sure. My grandparents were all born in Ireland. I'm sure that we all have the same stories out there, and they contributed. So we've, we have a tendency anymore in this day and age to take our news bite and, and just quickly, yeah. and, and we just have this perspective perception of an immigrant that's really not true and it's, it's far from what the true definition should be and what we should be thinking about. As a young person? As a young person. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it dominant out of this conversation. 
The way my back feels every day, I really, really don't feel that young. So, uh, but to the question. Did you I'll, have a slide rule in high school? We had a slide rules. No, we? no rules. We break the rules. That's what we have to do in economic development to survive around here. So um, honestly, though, Al was my neighbor. Uh, I live in downtown Youngstown. So him revitalizing a vacant property and bringing business down there uh, hit, hit home directly. I was out of town when it actually happened, and it was honestly devastating. It was, it was hard just to hear the news, and I've been trying to keep in touch with his family, see if there's anything we can do. But uh, as, as both mayors and, and Mike have said, it's, it's kind of a scary situation. I mean, my grandparents are all here in the audience tonight who are all uh, proud immigrants. Um, I dedicate you know, my work ethic and my uh, arrival and why I'm here in Youngstown because they, they chose, for whatever reason, family and work. Uh, to come here. So, um, and from a, just a practitioner standpoint, you know, we've done plans as, as recent as, I don't know, three, four, four years ago of how we capitalize on um, and, and create a network, an accessible network for immigrants because, uh, you know, I don't know the exact statistics in Warren, but I'm very confident that they're very similar, similar to what we've studied in Youngstown. But we have, you know, thousands of vacant properties. We have an infrastructure to maintain for over 200,000 people, and we've lost 60% of our population. So um, we have over 250,000 properties that you know we need people to invest in and take care of and create a neighborhood. So um, being in this profession, it, 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 uh, it dilutes opportunities, honestly, to repurpose some of these, these this uh, real estate capital or, or inventory we have with some potential human capital that we've seen in other markets across the country really create an accessible network for immigrants and that population to thrive in our community. And I think Youngstown and Warren are both communities that could strongly benefit from uh, an intentional strategy as part of all of our economic development approaches. Yeah, you, you mentioned about the valley and, and you know, when, when you get here, um, it, there's a welcoming piece to it. There's, there's a, you know, once you get to the Mahoney Valley, you know, once you get into your bloodstream, you, you won't go back home. And, and many of the individuals that are here, um, they, they seek, you know, the valley as they call home. It's, they're not born and raised here, but they call home. And that's, I think that's the welcoming piece that you, you know, if there's, you know, if you talk amongst others out in the community and say, where, where would I go where I'm, where I'm welcome? You want to feel welcome, go to the Mahoney Valley. Right. And I think that's another uh, reason that it may be so attractive for individuals to come here. Um, and Dom talked about, you know, figuring out what to do with the vacant properties. As a mayor, you know, some solutions. You know, we have downtown. I still have some vacant, you know, structures where it might be international housing. You know, if you talk about some of the best um, educational minds that are coming to Youngstown State or Kent State, uh, they're coming for educational purpose. But a lot of times we, there's an educational component. And then they stay and use that here, and that's what we like to make sure that we have opportunities here for them. You're, you're getting to the question of skills. Um, you mentioned many of the things you're dealing with now were decisions made outside your control 50 years ago. Uh, but one of the things you hear over and over again is business people saying, I have jobs, Nobody I can't paid. match it with the skills. How do you guys change that? We prepare our, we prepare our workforce in a different way. I think you, you, you have to look and approach that totally different. Um, here's one thing we do know. Whatever's going to happen to the national economy, it usually happens in the valley first. Good. Usually the bad things happen first in the valley. So I think it's imperative that we look at national trends in terms of what's, what's, where's, where's job creation going. 
and steer our workforce development based upon th those, those realities. But how do you know? How do you know what the next big thing is? Well, there's examples, and, and I'll give you one. Uh, nobody knew that the, the, the bioscience industry, except a, a small group of investors in Northeast Ohio, um, it, was, it was a combination of philanthropists, uh, private businesses, and private businesses, nonprofits, and government and they align all of their investments so it's workforce development, development and develop those industries. And it, it, over the past 10 years, it's had a 59% increase. That, you have to study those trends. And there's people probably uh, in this audience who specialize <laughs> in that and that right. we depend on mm -hmm. uh, for that information. But you have to be deliberate about it and you have to plan accordingly. You know, there's that old saying, if you, know, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. We have to plan accordingly and be deliberate about our strategies and planning. Yeah. But, but I think that's also when you, you get that public and private partnership Correct. Where, where I sit down with the, the, business, the small business owners and large business owners and ask, what are their needs? And, and on the fly-in, I had a chance to meet um, business owners that I probably would have never had a yeah. chance to touch or sit down with. So you, you have to find out what's, what's the need out there as, as the mayor. And then you, you even sit down with the university and talk about, here's the skills we need. Uh, advanced manufacturing is out there. Uh, it is not my grandfather's steel mill or my uncle's yeah. steel mill anymore. Um, so we're going to have to retool the workforce that we have. So when I'm out talking about come to Youngstown, Ohio, come to the Mahoney Valley, I need the workers that are to be ready and prepared when that, that opportunity happens. We, we need to be economic ready, not just with land, um, but with the workers as well. So um, it, it's going to take a communication piece um, from that private and that public um, sector talking about here's what I need. You know, I'm saying come to Youngstown, come to you know, Warren, but if I don't have workers to fill those positions, then it's, 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 a, it's a zero Correct. game for us. Okay. Um, tonight we're enjoying the State of the Valley Forum. Joining me on stage are the Honorable Tito Brown, the Honorable William Doug Franklin, the Honorable, what the heck, everybody's Honorable <laughs> out here, Michael Keyes, and Dominic Marchionda. Um, we're about to begin the audience Q&A, and we welcome questions from everyone. That means City Club members, guests, students, anybody who's joining us by social media. If you have a question... We want to find the answer and make them as tough and as specific as you like. We would ask, though, that you ask a question, not give a speech. So we are asking you to make your way to the microphone in the center of the room. And if you'd like to tweet a question, please tweet it to at City Club MV, and the staff will try to work it into the program. Ready for the first question? Hello? Okay. How you guys doing? Good. Good. Uh, my name is Fred D'Amico. I'm the executive director for a nonprofit in the Valley, actually for the region, from Ashtabula, Portage, Trumbull, Mahoning County, Columbiana County, which would be nice to see up on the panel as well. Uh, we have designed this since 2014 to bring the film industry to this area, and I've been working very, very hard. We have millions of dollars, and so we've already brought in $800,000. RG Steel got 18 grand about two years ago. We brought a movie in last year to Youngstown uh, using these float loan programs out of Youngstown, but also the community as a whole. I've been looking at the airport. And when you're having flights coming in from LA, they're going to Cleveland and Pittsburgh. We're losing that business, guys. I bring in a movie, there's 65 people on a movie for 30 days. We just brought over 1,200 hotel nights to uh, Holiday Inn. 
Just one movie. That's a lot of bed tax, a lot of money coming in. So the question is, the uh, Enterprise Zone, I want to dip into this and see if this is possible. When you go to an Enterprise Zone or a, uh, a free trade zone right on the airport, isn't that the, who knows, uh, Michael, is this Enterprise Zone, right? If I manufacture a movie out there, if we build a studio out there on Enterprise Zone, now I'm getting foreign, uh, is that not something that we could look at? As an incentive to bring this industry to this region, utilizing those enterprise zones could be the place to put a studio in and attract the business in because now they're getting that tax-free uh, zone there. And then yeah. we train people at the same time. I know what you're saying. If, if, I, if I understand your question, the answer is yes. We could do that. <laughs> let's do it, guys. Uh, let's, let's, let's tell Hollywood, come to our airport enterprise free zone. Or, uh, it's enterprise zone, whatever it is. Yeah. But like, that is a such a benefit. It's called a foreign trade zone. I'm Let's, sorry. Thank you very much. Thank let you me ask a little bit of a follow-up to that, though, on, in broader terms. How do you decide what's a good bet for public money and public resources? And, and you hit the nail on the head. It's public. you got to understand that we as government don't create jobs. We try to make an atmosphere where jobs can be created, almost like an incubator. But we have to be very, very careful when we're doling out public money. What we have to look at, like any business or any bank, is return on investment. Now, return on investment doesn't necessarily mean cash back to the city, but are there jobs being created? Are there in infrastructures happening that's going to benefit the citizens of the city? Is there going to be spin-off businesses that benefit the city? We've already seen that happen. Right. Uh, not just for your industry, Fred, yeah, but yeah, for yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So when we're talking about public money, we have to be extremely careful about the public dollars. Right. So we do, or we, we try to be very, very good stewards. There's no such thing as free money from either of our cities that I'm aware of. Uh, it, all, it all depends on the return on investment. It's just an so idea. We, so I'm oh, no, it's an idea, and we, and we appreciate the idea. Show really you, if, if, not if, saying if you I have may. to build a studio. Let's first get the industry here for the reason for a studio, but that is, that's, thank you. Um, okay. right. if, if I may, Schultz, just to, to, to elaborate, uh, right here, I could bring it home, right here in this building uh, is, is a real uh, practical answer to your question. Uh, that's why we had to opt to um, farm out the management of this facility to JAC Entertainment because we couldn't risk public money in promoting shows. We just don't do that and we won't do that. Uh, it's it's just not not good business practice. Uh, but if the gentleman brings me a producer with a film budget, Warren will be happy to open its doors and, and create as many films as you want. The the other piece that we, we we have to make sure we're looking at when we are talking about public dollars and private dollars, uh, the return on the dollar. You know, it, it's it's kind of you know, if you give a dollar one dollar of public money, it translates to about three dollars and sixty five cent. And, and private, just about. That's that's. I use that. I use that around because I say Youngstown, Ohio. The dollar goes a little for you know. A little, it's more of an impact. If you if you know if you give me ten dollars to spend in Columbus, or you give me ten dollars to spend in Youngstown, Ohio, I'll make a greater impact in Youngstown, Ohio, Warren than you would in Columbus, Ohio. So the return is a little different in, in communities like Warren and Youngstown. Okay. Next question, sir. Uh, my name is Stoughton Lind. I was the lead counsel of a lawsuit that in 1980 tried to keep U.S. Steel in town. We lost. The voters of Youngstown have taken a first step. In 2016, the voters enacted a part-time workers' bill of rights that addressed benefits and work schedules as well as wages basically held that a part-time worker should have two weeks notice as to his or her schedule 
and that part-time workers should enjoy the same wage rate and the same benefits as full-time workers proportionately to the number of hours they work. The amended Youngstown City Charter now includes the requirement that employers post a notice informing employees of their new rights. Sir, I, I, we really do need to get to the question so we can get to the answer because there's a long line of people behind you. Here's the question because it's easiest for us to start with something small. The Youngstown Charter, the law of the city, now says that employers must post notices as to the new legal rights of these part-time workers. My question is to the panel, will you help us to get those notices posted? Well, I guess the first question you mentioned about the employers, I think each employer has that responsibility that lays upon them uh, if it's the law. Uh, and the Department of Labor would definitely be uh, one of those areas that they, sh they should focus on uh, when he's talking about the part-time labor laws. But what about cities pass laws either through voters or through the council um, that sometimes feel really good when you pass them? What's the city's responsibility to make sure the law is followed? I mean, just like any other law, you know, we, we have to, you know, when, when you find someone's not, you know, in, in, in compliance with that law, you know, the, there should be some regulations that, that follow that. Um, as a city, we, we're only, you know, legislative body and, and we executive, but, you know, then that's going to be a judicial system to see how far did they go past that law or, or are they within their rights of that law. Anybody else have anything to add to that? No, we're, we're a statutory city, not a charter, so our, our situation is a little different. But I, I, I will just comment briefly on what he said about the changing economy. What we do know is that the, the large manufacturing plants are, it's a pipe dream if you, you're putting all your eggs in that basket. We, we don't do that. We know that there's a new economy with new technologies. We have to be on the cutting edge of that and be out in front of that in terms of preparing our workforce and making sure we're, we're tracking those new jobs that are, that are in, in the line that we don't have enough workers for. So that's where we have to focus. And, and that's, a, well, I'm glad you gave us uh, that information because it's, it's well-founded. Small business retention and expansion. Um, if you look at any economy, if you want to see a growth, it's going to happen with a small business. Next up. Um, us as a group, we was just right. wondering, like, more for younger people, like, things to help the community, like, help. Y'all discussed <laughs> that y'all do different things to help us, but we emailed, we texted you about a pool to keep kids out of trouble. And ain't nothing getting done. Y'all putting out petitions and all this other stuff, and ain't nothing getting done for kids. So kids just continue to get in trouble well, and not have nothing to do. Let me under, let me, let me, um. I don't know where those texts came from. Uh, I know I have a very, a, a very strong relationship with Inspiring Minds, and here's what we are, what we are doing. Uh, we just launched a, a, a career development plan for young people, and in that, uh, and in that plan, uh, we're matching employers, some of the some organizations and businesses in this room. Over 30 are uh, participating uh, to match their field of interest so that they can do not just these low paying jobs, but jobs that pay from $12 to $15 with students 
uh, who, who know what they want to do, and we're matching those with employers to try to get, and, and quite frankly, those kind of programs, statistics show, we're trying to keep young, bright minds in our community. When we can hook or, or match young, young people up with these, with these businesses and their first job experience is with young, with, with, within their own community, they tend to stay in those communities. And that's statistically proven. So we're trying to stop that brain drain and create uh, an environment where we can, where we can va you know, optimize the value of young people in those, in those minds. And on the, on the crime and the trouble issue, I, I always say it. You know, we, we, need to, we all need to do a better job, but, you know, the first classroom is the home. That's it. And, and we, we, you know, that's going to take all of us, the spiritual community, the schools, and our homes. That's where all of that starts. So it takes all of us to address that crime problem. Yeah, and, and it's going to take our, 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 our next generation to help us, um, you know, figure out how to steer, steer the ship. You know, if, if you're asking, you know, we're asking of you and you're asking of us, it's got to be a collab. We have to come together and figure out, you know, if there are things that are happening in your community, um, whether it's negative or positive, uh, we need that input. We need that feedback. You know, I have my park and recs director with me here today, and um, I talk about making sure that every time we have an opportunity to touch a young person's life, let's make sure that we affect it uh, the most. Because we, you know, in the summertime, we have summer uh, summer parks are there. I, I want to make sure that they're they're there, uh, but when they leave, they, they, they come with they have some substance when they when they go home, uh, and they want to continue coming home and making sure they understand that's a safe place for them to be. Speaking of safety, perception often is reality when it comes to uh, ideas of public safety. Dominic, you mentioned you live downtown, and I'm sure you've had people look at you and go, "Why do you risk that?" Um, talk about making people, especially young people, feel comfortable living downtown by choice? Uh, yeah, for me, it's, uh, it comes down to a lot of budgeting and where I work and recreate. Um, by living down there, my fiance and I are able to split a car, so we've been able to budget a little bit better in that regard because you know, if, if, if we can't have a meeting within where we live and work, then we usually don't take those meetings. Uh, we, we, we invite people to come downtown and experience what it what is down there to offer and it's very walkable you find your parking spot once you could have four or five meetings a day and and take care of business so for me it's been um it's been a learning curve though too when i first came back there was about uh an eighth of the restaurants and businesses open that are are you know now open six years later so um some of it's patience um but some of it's just uh, president trestle says it all the time um you know if he wasn't a coach or a president i'm sure he'd be a marketing ceo for something but we got to start bragging about ourselves a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, surely we are, are bottom of the rankings in a lot of different areas, and a lot of that is, has to do with perception and accepting mediocrity. And, uh, you know, over the past, like I said, 30, 40 years ago, a lot of these decisions we're dealing these, you know, fine leaders are dealing with today in innovative ways. But we got to be out there being, you know, ambassadors for where we live, whether it's a neighborhood or a downtown. And it's inviting people to come see it and, uh, you know, sharing the good news and, and making sure you're, you know, just letting people know what's out there and, and how to navigate it. And then from an economic development standpoint, it's uh, taking your, your policies, whether you're charter or statutory government, and making sure you're updating things like I know the mayor's looking at in our city, Youngstown Parking, and, and our folks from Eastgate are doing a heavy analysis of that and just engaging stakeholders on a regular basis, doing like what we're doing tonight, having hard conversations and asking what could we do better. And then just rolling up the sleeves and updating things because 
our, our downtowns and our communities were built for large industrial you know, economy, and they've certainly changed as we've tried to adapt to a more knowledge-based econ economy and uh, different forms of manufacturing and technology and, and making sure that people are aware of all the opportunities that exist you know, in our neighborhoods. Okay, we have another question. Our next question is coming from Twitter. What are you doing to bring grocery stores and businesses into Youngstown so Valley community members can shop within Youngstown instead of going to the suburbs? You say Youngstown, so that's me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so here's, here's the first piece. Um, uh, prior to becoming mayor of the city of Youngstown, uh, Action put a challenge out to uh, all the candidates and, you know, to come up with some type of, uh, we're talking about the food deserts, but as mayor, I've come up with a mayor's food policy, and I, I have a couple of my members that are in the room today, and uh, we want to make sure there's access and opportunity for food uh, for individuals to have healthy foods initiatives in the city of Youngstown. Uh, we're going to have to be our own uh, driving force for that. You know, the more we, we're doing research, um, that you know, we're not going to look for the big box stores to come into uh, the Youngstown, Ohio, the Warren, Ohio, and uh, we're doing research now. We're going to take a trip up to Toledo. Uh, I think it's Prime Primerica. It's, is that a health, health company? Um, I'm, I'm saying the name wrong, but uh, they've partnered with the city of Toledo um, where they've come up with a, a opportunity to have a grocery store um, on top of uh, one of their retail stores. So uh, that's just one example of what we're, we're looking at and researching in the city of Youngstown. Baltimore was probably the, the one that I saw nationally. Uh, the mayor of Baltimore partnered with the Salvation Army. Uh, so hint, hint, nonprofits can get into this grocery business of supplying um, healthy foods and healthy access to foods uh, in the cities uh, where you live because we're, we're probably the only ones that are going to take a calculated risk um, when we find that small convenience store, that they're going to look at the return. At the end of the day, they're going to say, you know what, what's going to be re return on my money? So um, the mayor of the city of Youngstown, I, I have a food policy a committee. We meet once a month, and I've made sure that it's diverse, and we, we come from different backgrounds and different areas. Um, and I was just talking to a young man today about um, cooking. You know, how do we make sure that once we have access to healthy foods that you know how to cook it and prepare it so it, it remains healthy for that community? And, and I know that in the city warrant, and, and what uh, Mayor Brown said is very important to understand, when we're talking to businesses, they want to come into communities where they know that they're going to get a return on their investment, they have to make some dollars. So we have to make that uh, acceptable to them. But I do want to point out, uh, Matt, if I'm not mistaken, Matt Martin and TNP are, are going to... to uh, experiment with a grocery store. And there's an example of what uh, Mayor Brown was talking about. In Warren, they will be uh, trying to open their own little store. And I'm probably saying this, Matt, but I, I think I got it right. But TNP is taking the lead and saying, look, we can't get some of the businesses in. Then we got to think outside that box and say, hey, we as nonprofits have got to show them how we can do it and show them that the people will respond to it. So uh, our thanks from the city of Warren to TNP for taking that lead. And you'll soon see that. I'm thinking on the southeast side, am I right? Southwest side of Warren. So these are some of the things, like I said, when you have younger people coming in with better ideas and saying, yes, maybe the giant eagles aren't going to go there, right. but hey, how about this idea and let's try it. So uh, we're doing that same thing in Warren, and again, our thanks to them. As a sort of a commercial announcement, since we're talking about food, the, the city of Warren's partnering with the Warren Family Mission 
and the uh, Second Harvest Food Banker will be having a free blue frozen blueberry giveaway all over throughout the city in four quadrants of the city. Come and get as many as you want, and there'll be instructions on Ooh. how you can access and recipes to cook. Youngstown as well. Plagiarism is our thing. All right, our next question. Um, hello, my name is LaShonda Allen. I'm uh, currently the manager of the Youth Build Program. Yes. And I heard you guys speak a lot about um, how people have, you know, jobs available and they don't have the people to enter into, into those jobs. Um, in, our, in my program, we actually train students to, um, in carpentry and construction work. Um, and we also pay for them to get their high school diploma or GED. Um, a lot of the people here, um, in this area, they, they find alternative ways of, uh, you know, education and right. things like that. And that's, you know, kind of our focus. Um, what are ways that you guys are reaching out to these organizations like mine and also inspiring minds and, you know, all the other organizations in terms of uh, workforce development? In, in the city of Warren, we actually, uh, we actually fund some of the youth build projects. I think youth build is a, a wonderful program. Uh, we find, and along with TNP, have donated houses for youth build. We've donated money to youth build to help with the rehabs. Uh, you just finished one at 1100 Youngstown Road that we uh, helped you fund in Warren. Uh, and we've also given some money to help with the educational side. These kind of programs are very important. These are kids that need to learn a trade. And as we talked about earlier, uh, the education piece and the, and the piece that employers are looking for are people, especially in the skilled trades. So this program is extremely important. Uh, the Department of Labor puts a lot of money into this program also. And we in the city has contributed hundreds of thousands of dollars to youth build over the past decade. Okay, and one more question. In terms of transportation, mm -hmm. um, what is coming up or is there any type of you know, plans for transportation to help people to get to those jobs yes. and things like that. Constant battle. Go ahead, Mary, if you want to. Well, well, I know in, in Youngstown, you know, WRTA, we've, we're talking about the, you know, I think I mentioned earlier, uh, the old business model and versus, you know, then next to the new business model of, you know, when we had 120,000 people, the, the, that bus route can't be the same. It, it's going to have to change. Um, but the needs are, are different now. There's a, there's a different need for individuals out there. So um, I think working with the, uh, the WRTA and asking and telling them the needs that we have, I hear all the time, no, no Sunday service. You know, for individuals to travel, um, if you have a job, they want you to work um, on a Sunday. Um, but I, I'd like to say a little more about, you know, the, the youth bill. I, we had a youth bill program in, 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 in Youngstown, and it was a great program. Uh, one of the things that we're, um, I, I work on right now is working with the local unions, and they're, they're trying to make an apprenticeship early. They want to reach the kids early, and I, I, I'll speak just for myself uh, as being a, a middle middle middle-aged guy here okay. um, we'll, we'll uh, that 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 was you know trades was not you know an acceptable thing when I when I was when I was going out of school you know coming out of school it was you know you're going to go to college you're going to go to you know the military you no know, no that was kind of the dirty word have you ever tried to to get a plumber or electrician to come to your house and how much they might make per hour um, and you need those individuals and now uh, they're trying to make sure that you know everything runs on electric now you know if um, even the lights, you know, in, in the city of Youngstown, you know, I go down to our, our a light department and they're all electricians because that's how things are working. So we want to make sure that we can connect with those the individuals younger and let them know that is not a, a dirty word. We need to make sure they have all the educational options available and put it in front of them. Um, so that's what I'm doing as mayor, working with those laborers to make sure we can get them to the young people. 
Our next question. I'm Chris Lego. I work with Legal Aid. I'm also a longtime Valley resident. So there are two issues that I'd like to know whether the, um, your, the panel is considering uh, working on. One is um, uh, the, um, the perceived problem that we have a lot of residents who have drug ad addictions and whether um, you're perceiving as the opiate crisis something that is a barrier to employment in the Valley. And the other issue is returning citizens, that is um, people who've been convicted, served their time, they're coming back to the community, and then face barriers to getting decent jobs. And I'm just wondering if, if there are programs that you're thinking of addressing. It's uh, very important to the employers in our Valley. You don't know how many times, and I'm sure all the ED people out there will tell you, um, that employers tell us they're having a hard time finding people that can pass a drug test to get employed. Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't drive that, mostly the insurance companies drive that, but it, yes, it is an issue. Um, it's surprising because sometimes we look at the unemployment statistics in the Youngstown Warren area and say we're higher than the average in the state and the country, but yet I go to employers who say I'm having a hard time getting people to come to work for us because they can't pass the drug test. Uh, there's a big education uh, component of that. There's much more than an ED component. And I know that this is very near and dear to Mayor Franklin's heart. I know that he gets involved with, with this. And, and, and this is a, a dilemma that we have. I don't know that there's a simple answer that we can come up with maybe in the next five minutes. Uh, but uh, I'm going to turn it over to the mayor because yeah. I know how he feels. Yeah, we, we uh, make a deliberate attempt to, to about second chances because um, we understand where we are as a society and what some of the challenges are for, for returning citizens. Uh, so we, we partner with uh, organizations like Free Indeed, Circle for Recovery. Um, we, we've made some own adjustments, and, and, and we actually followed Youngstown's lead on it with uh, your, your application, uh, banning, the, banning the box. Yeah, the box yeah. um, that, was, that was pretty much spearheaded by a nonprofit that was aggressive in, in Actually, these things are working. What, what I think we, we have to be about because we still can't. Uh, th and there are programs out there where employers are given waivers uh, when they take second chances and given some other additional benefits and insurances because there is that, that stigma uh, that comes uh, if, if you have a felony. Um, so we're, we're trying to work through those issues as well. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a very important, important issue to me, but, but also to our community. Uh, we all have to face the fact that, like it or not, these citizens are coming home. Sure. And, and we want them to be skilled and we want them to be productive uh, assets to our community. So what I try to do when I, when I, when I talk to people, particularly if they're, if they're returning citizens, uh, don't wait on, on that job. You have to sort of take the initiative and become your own entrepreneur. And these, these, they have a lot of skills. They, sure. they have a lot of skills, and most of them, believe it or not, they're drug-free. Yeah. They're ready to work. Um, so, but I think they have to tap into this, this new economy yeah. and, and, and really drive their own destiny. Um, it's just a price that they have to pay. But we're, we always want to be there to help them. One final question from Twitter. How can we increase the amount of business that the city does with state-certified minority businesses uh, that are operating in the Mahoning Valley? I, I, I would first say um, it, we, we have to make sure that we identify those, those business owners who are, are there, uh, but also remove barriers. Uh, yeah. And, and the, the first under you know, 200 days being the mayor of the city of Youngstown, uh, one of the things that I look at the border controls and I start asking, you know, who, who are we doing business with? Are they local? Um, and I just found you know, a local company 
Um, they've been in business uh, over 20 plus years, and the city's, city's never done any business with them. Um, and I think, and they're probably a quarter of a mile from City Hall. All their business was outside of the city of Youngstown. And now, uh, as mayor, I'm looking at that and examining, you know, why aren't we doing with the, the, those who are here? Uh, so we need to make sure we, we identify them. Also, we need to make sure we remove those barriers. Um, we don't want to make it any, any harder for them. Uh, give them the same opportunity that we give anybody else and, and even the playing field um, for those who are doing business. And if I, if I may mention, we're also working very hard with uh, Minority Business Assistance Center, which yeah. uh, under Carmela has, has gotten a... Yeah, yeah. Put your hand up, Carmela. You're doing good work. You're doing good work. Um, so what we're hoping is by working with the, with the MBAC and getting involved with them that we can get a lot of more entrepreneurs, we get a lot more minority companies that, that get certified, not only certified, but they don't necessarily have to be certified to do certain things for us. So we're working very closely with that. I know I sit on her advisory board, and I'm very aware of the, of the good work that we're doing, and we are trying to correct that and, and do as best we can in that area. It, and I have to add, I'm glad Carmel is here. And I just invited her to come and give a presentation to city council. She's going to be my mayor's report at the right. next city council, no, the first city council meeting in July. But what I, what I want to also talk about is it, it's not just about bringing the minority businesses together and, and um, underfunded or, or historically disadvantaged businesses together. They've also put together a system where they're bringing lenders together because you can you can have a great idea if you don't have capital you just got yeah. an idea. Yeah, uh, so she has a comprehensive approach and we are sharing her with Youngstown. <laughs> I just want to make that. We house her, right? Yeah, so yeah. yeah. She, she, See, there, there yeah, it is. She, she, she's, she's housing the city, but you know but, she works throughout the valley. Yeah. Got it. Okay, ma'am. Hi, my name is Hannah Ferguson. I am a resident of Youngstown. I am also a small business entrepreneur. And my question is kind of directed towards uh, businesses, small businesses like myself trying to find a, play, a space. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like it's easier for us to go to the suburbs like Bourbon or Canfield because the buildings are move-in ready. Uh, as far as myself, I could have easily moved into one of those spots, um, but I desperately want to stay in Youngstown. Are there any plans or, or is there anything set up right now for someone like me and the people who want to stay in Youngstown or possibly Warren okay. to help assist uh, in the buildings that we have that aren't necessarily move-in ready, but they need more work than we could possibly afford to move in right now. Before we say anything, can, you, can Hannah, can you tell her what your business, what your business <laughs> is? I am a winemaker. I am looking to open an urban winery in Youngstown. First of all, I want to say that that's a, that is a, an interesting problem and it's part of the, yeah. the growth. It's nice to know that there are problems finding spaces in our cities. I mean, that's something 15 years ago that nobody would ever believed that we didn't have the space. Uh, I, I will defer to Mayor Brown being is that the winery is going into Youngstown. Well, <laughs> I, I, I like it to happen there. We don't want to poach it. No, it's not a poaching. I mean, she, she's, she's local grown, and, and, and the issue is, uh, one of the issues, Hannah, that we, and, and all the other business owners that we face is acquisition, you know, it, that we don't have control. Um, the problem with a, a, a thriving downtown or a thriving city those who own those properties, you know, may have uh, disinvested years ago, but they're still holding on to them. Um, so we have to come up with a plan to figure out how they, they either put their investment into it. Um, and what we don't want them to do is drive, drive the price of, 
um, the Hannahs of the world who want to invest. They want to they want to be part of the the downtown growth. But those in the, uh, owners who own the buildings are kind of like holding on to them or raising the rents. Um, just real quick, and I know we're, we're close to time. Phelps Street. Um, we're talking about you know whether we keep Phelps Street open downtown or close it down. First time we had that conversation. There's some for rent signs, and I said, with occupancy on Phelps Street, we need to increase it and move it on. I went on 21 News. Individual called one of the signs. It says for rent. They, the, the, the price doubled right after the 6 o'clock news went on um, because they're now holding on. They're speculators. Um, but we need to make sure that they're up to code as well. So um, there's a problem with, with that. Um, it's a good problem to have. So, Hannah, we, we won't let you go anywhere. We'll find you. If you've got to come into my basement and do it, we'll do it, okay? <laughs> hey, can, I, can I show you real quickly, Hannah? I, I, I congratulate you. I hope you're successful. We'll be some of your first customers when you're up and running. Um, but I, but I, would, I would like um, just, to, just what I would suggest, and I know you have a counterpart. It's our Trimble County Land Bank. I see some of those members here who run ours. If the Mahoney County Land Bank, they use sometimes their inventory might might accommodate. Sure, thank you. Yes. Okay, I know there were some <laughs> folks who were lined up who wanted to ask some other out. questions. I'm going to volunteer these four gentlemen to hang around and answer them for you. We will. Um, it's it's really cool when people have more questions than we have time for because it means you're deeply involved in your community and you want to make a difference, and that's a wonderful thing. So I'd say give yourselves all a hand. And thanks for coming tonight. Oh, wow. Uh, I now have a longer list of to-dos. I was uh, death staring at my colleague because last summer we did a report on uh, retail space or space for small-scale manufacturers. So it looks like that's going to go at the top of the list again. Uh, I want to uh, thank our speakers, the Honorable uh, Mayor Brown, Mayor Franklin, uh, Michael D. Keys. I've never done the D before. I like it. And uh, Dominic Marchionda, our moderator, uh, Emma Schwartzy. Thank you so much. Great job. Thank you. Okay. The City Club of the Mahoning Valley is presented by the Raymond John Wien Foundation, the Youngstown Foundation, and Youngstown State University, with additional support from the Community Foundation of the Mahoning Valley. WYSU 88.5 FM. We appreciate your support of City Club programming. Additionally, we welcome guests at tables hosted by Harrington Hoppy and Mitchell, Haywood Doe Consulting, Kent State University at Trumbull, MS Consultants, NYO Property Group, PNC, Trumbull Neighborhood Partnership, United Methodist Community Center, and the YWCA Mohoning Valley. Special thanks to the Business Journal, uh, our community partner, and Packard Music Hall, our venue today. I, I've been told that there is an after party to continue the conversation at the Speakeasy, which is on Courthouse uh, Square, right where the Best Western is. Uh, so I hope to see some people there. And that brings us to the end. So thank you once again to our speakers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very good.